Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. This year, roll and another season coming. It's always exciting. Uh, it's always a wonderful moment. And today I'm going to speak briefly on a title I call Seizing the Seasons of Life. How to seize the seasons of life. Uh, to seize means to take possession. To seize is to capture, is to take advantage of how do we seize the seasons of life. That's what we're going to talk about today. And I pray that you will be blessed in Jesus' name. I'm going to start from perhaps the most obvious, you know, highly, you know, that you will expect a passage, which is Ecclesiastes chapter 3 uh, from verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 from verse 1. I don't know how long it took you to pronounce Ecclesiastes. I know I practiced when I was younger quite a bit. Some of those, uh, some of those <laughs> book that would twist your tongue and you know back and forth before you are able to get it right. I actually remember winning an award for being able to pronounce Ecclesiastes when I was a lot younger. <laughs> Hallelujah! Among the kids, only one person. Ecclesiastes chapter three. I'm going to start from verse one. There is a time for everything. And a season for every activity under the ever. That's powerful. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill. A time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to, be, to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time to war, for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden of the burden God had laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to end. Wow. What an amazing passage of scripture. I mean, what this is telling us is God, in his infinite mercy and wisdom, has organized life into times and seasons. And there's nothing we can do about it. God decided the way he's going to administrate, organize, and structure life is for life to be in time and season. And in verse 10, he said he's placed that burden on us to decipher that, to understand that. 
you know, each time and season has what is assigned to them. You know, in fact, if you look at life, both the natural and the spiritual life, you know, they are organizing times and seasons. You know, there's a time for everything. And it is not a wise idea. I mean, it is a wise idea, rather, to try to recognize those time and season and take advantage of them. What it means is there are graces, the grace, that God has apportioned to each time and season. It's probably not a good idea to walk against time and season. It is probably wiser to be able to understand time and season, right, seasons in life, and be able to take advantage of them. You're going to realize some things are just easy to do when it's their season. I mean, it is probably foolhardy to try to plant when it's time to harvest. Uh, you're not likely going to do. You're not likely going to do very well if you are trying to plant your seed if you're a farmer and you are doing it out of season, right? I mean, you're not going to get the weather to work with you. You're not going to get a lot of things to cooperate to get you to do what you need to do. So times and seasons are very, very important if you're going to really have a good life. You must recognize time to sleep, time to wake up. You know, when you, know, when you don't walk by that, your life is usually out of whack, right? Is, you know, can you imagine, I mean, when you have a loss, when you, you know, maybe you have a loss, that's a time to mourn and weep. Just imagine you walk into that house and the person who just suffered loss start to laugh. You know, you're going to tell, tell yourself something is wrong with him or her, right? I mean, you're probably going to call a doctor and, you know, I think we need to do something because something bad is just going to happen. Because this person is supposed to be mourning, they're supposed to be weeping, because that is the time to mourn. And you get there, and they are laughing hysterically, and they are just so excited, and they are just so happy. You know, you're going to know that something is not, something is out of work here. Or the opposite. You know, somebody just had some wonderful opportunity or a blessing, and you get there, and they are crying. You know, you're going to probably say, oh, yeah, it's tears of joy, you know. I mean, but, you know, you find out that this is not really tears of joy. This is really, really cry. You're going to see that this is, there's something is wrong here. Because, you know, this, you know, you, we all understand the idea of time and season. There's a time to hug. Definitely we're not in the time to hug now. This is the time to refrain from hugging, right? <laughs> If you read this maybe two years ago, you're going to say, is there a time when we will not be able to hug? Now we know, right? There's a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to look for something and search. There's a time to stop. Now, what you will realize is taking advantage of time and season is one of the definitions of wisdom. It's our ability to be able to take advantage of that, ability to recognize them and ability to take advantage of them. Jesus, I mean, the wise man in the book of Proverbs says, go to the ant, for example, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. Say, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. You know, ant is one of the animals, you know, that we can learn a lot. There are a lot of animals the Bible talk about as representing wise, I mean, wisdom. 
Ant is one of them. Serpent is one of them. You know, maybe one of these is we're going to study all these animals and look at what the Bible talks about them as far as wisdom. But ant is one of them. He said, look, they have no captain. They have no overseer or ruler. You know, but they provide, but provide our supplies in summer and gathers our food in the harvest. That is, and they understand time and season. Right, they, they, they know this is summer. This is time to gather all the food because they can't survive in winter, right? So they know when it's summer, they sense this is time to gather together. And they gather so much that they can go the entire winter, you know, and survive. And you know our life is like that. Our life also is, the, you know, we, we have summertime when we are able to gather. You know, we have, when we are younger, for example, that is when we are able to work hard. We are able to do a lot of things. We are able to work two, three jobs. You are able to exert yourself. You know, that is the time to gather. That is the time to save. That is the time to invest. You know, if you want to be like ants, you want to practice that so that when it is the winter of your life, right, you are able to have to be able to enjoy. You know, it is probably not very wise to do that in the reverse. It's probably not very wise, you know, when you are young, when you, are, you have a lot of energy, that's when you are lazing around. When you are young, you know, when you are supposed to be saving and investing, that's when you are blowing all the money you have. That's when you are just, you know, spending like a drunken sailor, right? And when you are older, you have nothing to show, then you have to be in your 70s and having two jobs. That's, you know, God will not consider that wise. And sometimes as believers, we tend to really not understand that there are graces, you know, there are blessings that God has attached to different times and seasons. I mean, we just, you know, ignore that and think somehow, you know, things will work out. It's not a wise idea to not recognize times and season hallelujah in fact even jesus at some point in his ministry in john chapter 9 verse 4 said i must walk the walk of him that sent me while it is day right for the night comes when no one will be able to walk now it's hard to understand what jesus is talking about maybe he's talking about natural day and night you know, where obviously you walk, I mean, he was talking of an agrarian community where, you know, people, you have to walk very early. In an agrarian community, you start walking 6 a.m., all right? You start walking 6 a.m., I mean, you wake up, you go to the farm, you walk until 6 p.m. because, you know, I mean, you, it's just not wise to delay everything and start walking at 5 p.m. You know, darkness is going to come. You're not going to be able to plant or harvest. So the night comes when no one can walk. Or Jesus might actually be talking about our the night and day of our life, right? There's a time when we are alive. That's our day, right? We are alive. We have strength. That is when we can do work for God. So instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to do it next week. I'm going to do it when I go older. I'm going to do it when I'm this. I'm going to do it when I get married. I'm going to do it when I have children. I'm going to do it when children go home. You know, I'm going to do it when this. It might be too late. So instead of just postponing, I'm postponing. No, it's good to understand the season of life 
and take advantage of that. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, when we talk about time and season, we talk about them in two different folds. There is the natural seasons of life. The natural season of life is what I've been talking about mostly. Natural seasons of life are created by God. They are created by God for a good. They are created by God to have organized life. They are created by God for our sanity. How many times have you, you know, walk, walk, try to do a project and it's 12 midnight and you just say, you know what, I'm tired. You know, you just sleep and next day you are refreshed and you can continue, right? Because there's a blessing of season. The night comes, you have a, you know, another day, you know, or one week goes, you know, then you have another week. Or a year goes and you have another year. So we're about to transition into another time and season. 2021 will be another time and season. So as we prepare to go into 2021, it is probably a good idea to understand that God set this thing, this cyclical timing for a purpose. You know, to be able to give us a fresh start, fresh beginning, you know, we're able to reorient our heart, our mind, right? We're able to restart things that we, you know, momentum that we have lost somehow, somehow in the course of the year. A lot of times we give up, we lose momentum, things, you know, things happen that are just, you know, mess up our year. And we have a wonderful opportunity at the beginning of the year to restart, to rebuild, Right? And to be able to really gather ourselves again because it is just so easier to do in January than to do in July. How many of us agree with that? Some things are just easier. I mean, that's what everybody does New Year resolution. I mean, more people change their habits, more people change their lifestyle, more people stop smoking, more people stop all these things in January than any time of the year. Yes, I know many people don't follow through. But more people get to do it because more people at least start. Even if you have a 1%, right, you're going to get more. More people do that in January. The next time people do that is in September of the year when a lot of people are able. And that what is September is the beginning of the school year. <laughs> That's another just psychological beginning people have where they make a change, do something, declutter the house. And do different things to be able to start. So it is probably a good idea to seize advantage of that. You know, because there is a grace that is just apportioned and assigned to those seasons of life. And we can take advantage of them. Same thing with our season of life. You know, even in the natural. Our life has season. There are some things that are easier for us to do when we are younger. When we're younger is when we can do a lot of things. We learn quicker. We learn faster, right? You know, you know they say, you know, kids between the age of 3 and 12, I think, can effortlessly learn like 10 languages if they are given the opportunity to do so. I mean, without effort. After that age, it is very hard to be able to pick up another language. Because there's a season, there's a small window. There's a small window when you can do a lot of things, you know. And when you don't walk within that, you make your life much, much difficult than it's supposed to be. Very important. I'm going to talk to young people. Young people, you know, you're in your 20s, you're in your 30s, you are blessed. You have a job, 
it is probably a good idea to start saving for your retirement now. You know, there is what is called a time value of money. It's called time value of money. It is not a wise idea to just say, oh, I only make $50,000, you know, and just, you know, live your life based on that and say, you know what, I worry about retirement when I'm 50. When you're 50, it's too late. It's too late. Because, you know, you need the time value, the money invested over time, compounding, you know, a, your $100 when you're in your 20s, it will be worth thousands of dollars when you're in your 60s. It's very important. So there are things that you must just understand about how life is structured. There are things you must invest yourself, your time, your energy in now. There are some things you can do well and better when you are single than wait for you to get married. A lot of people are single, they're not married yet, or, you know, instead of them to take advantage of that, right, there's, there are things you can do in that season that will be lost forever when you get married. That's why people get married, they still want to live as if they are single. <clears throat> A lot of marriage problem that is out of that. The guys still want to live as if they're single, Right? Just want to go out when they like. I'm sure some of us experience that. You just go out when you like walking and the lady say, uh-uh. That's, that's no longer possible. I need to know where you're going. When are you coming back home? You say, why do you need to know that? Oh, you are married now. You, you made a vow. All right? It's not a time to just travel everywhere, you know, you want and not care. No, there are things you can do in certain seasons of life, right? And it's better for you to do them. Don't ignore that. It is not wise. Praise the name of Jesus. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. Jesus said, why the earth remain seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. God said they won't cease. That's how I organize it. That's how I want it to be. That's how I have structured it. And it is wisdom. I want you to say wisdom. To recognize it, understand it, and seize the moment. It's not in winter that you want to do an outdoor party, right? It's probably not very wise to organize an outdoor party in December 29th. I mean, people are going to say, what is wrong with you, right? Because so it's not wise to not recognize God created those moments for a reason. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, in the things of the Spirit, it is the same. It is the same in the things of the Spirit. There are also seasons in our lives. There are seasons in our lives, you know, that God has created. Now, those are a little bit difficult to decipher. They are not as natural as other things. They are not as natural as weather, for example, or, you know, weather season. All right? They're not. 
and not as, you know, it's not. So, but, so that requires a little bit of more work to be able to recognize what is the season of life that we are in, that you are in, even as a person, as a child of God. It's good to know what is the season, what time is it? Carlos, ask, ask yourself, what time is it? What is, what is going on this season in my life? God, what are you doing in this season of my life? You know, maybe God is telling you, this is your season to really be quiet and retreat and reflect and let me speak to you for a few months. But you choose to be running around. You choose to go. What happened? You miss the blessing of the season. And there are so many people in the Bible that got in trouble because they miss the blessing of season. The fact that God promises you something doesn't mean you can determine when it happens. Even promises of God, calling of God, they have time stamp. They have time and season when they are coming to pass. Very important for us to know. God can speak a word over your life and it's up to you to really respond by trying to sense maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the time. The Lord wants me to do it. The Lord wants me to. St- I remember when I was, you know, before, the, before I went into, we started the church. You know, for a few years, I've kind of known the Lord really will, will you know, have me go into ministry. But I couldn't discern the time. I just, and I didn't just want to just wake up and just, you know, just start. And I was always saying, Lord, when it's time, I will know. When it's time, I will know. So I remember one day I was just, uh, expressing my frustration to one of my, you know, brothers, you know, just, you know, we're just having a conversation, just having a conversation, conversation, we're just going, and he just said, you know, wait a minute, maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the time. I mean, the way you're sounding sounds like maybe this is the time. I have not thought of that as at that time, but that statement just said, you know, well, maybe this is the time. You know, and I went and fasted and prayed. And the more I fasted and prayed, the more I began to sense this is the time. Oh, boy, and that was the time. Praise the name of Jesus. It is always, we should pray that we will know the time and season. That we'll be in sync with God. And we know the season that God has, you know, has given to us. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible talked about David. That he, there was a time in his life when he sensed the time and season of God. First Chronicles chapter 14, verse 2. First Chronicles chapter 14, verse 2, and I'm going to try and read that. And David perceived that the Lord had confirmed him king over Israel. For his kingdom was lifted up because of his people. This is many years after he was anointed. You know, so David... You know, his becoming king was, you know, was an evolution. You know, first he was anointed and for many years, obviously, he was, he was being pursued, right? Sometimes being anointed is not as exciting. The exciting time is the anointing service. After the anointing service, things went crazy. <laughs> things went crazy. Things went crazy for him, almost lost his life. 
Eventually, the Lord began to move. He became king of the northern kingdom uh, first. And he was waiting. He was waiting. And at this time, he perceived. I want you to say perceive. May the Lord increase your sense of perception. In the mighty name of Jesus. May God increase your sense of perception. David perceived. Wow, I think this is the time. And he moved with his army. You know, things work out when they are in sync, when we are in season. But if you look at the same David in 2 Samuel chapter 11, 2 Samuel chapter 11, in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war. So this is a season of war. At the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite. They destroyed the Ammonite and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. That very sensitive David lost his sensitivity. You know what happened here? This is when he went into sin. He stayed in Jerusalem instead of going to war, you know, lounging around. What happened? His eye was wandering around. He saw a woman that he was not supposed to see. And the rest is history. That decision really messed up his life. Oh, he paid a very heavy price. Heavy, heavy, heavy price. You know, so... What happened? What began? What started all? He missed the season. If it was a war, you won't be really thinking about a woman. All right? And the enemy really is waiting for us to miss our cue. You will not miss your cue in Jesus' name. So recognizing our spiritual season is important. You know, it's very, very important. Because we must have spiritual sensitivity. It requires spiritual sensitivity. And we must always pray for spiritual sensitivity as children of God. We must always pray for I to know what God is doing. It is the time. All right? It is the time, Lord, to start looking for a wife or looking for a husband. You know, many people miss that time. You know, and they are just, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Is it the time, Lord, to, do, to begin the project? Is it time, Lord, to, you know, to leave this job or to move this job? Is, you know, is it a time, Lord, to start, you know, what you have been telling me to start? We should always ask God for time and season. So it takes spiritual sensitivity. It also takes attentiveness. To be attentive is to be able to pay attention to what God is doing around us. You know, a lot of times God is trying to get our attention. You know, and he's calling you, he's calling you, he's trying to get your attention. When you are not sensitive, it is very easy to miss the timing of God. I pray that you will not miss the timing of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, in Luke chapter 19, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Uh, he wept, and he began to express his, his, his sadness. And the Bible says he saw the city and wept over the city. 
and he started to say all kinds of things. And the reason why Jesus, you know, pronounced all those things that will happen, he said, if you have known, especially in this day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, close you on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in, leave in you stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Jerusalem means the timing of God. He's talking Jerusalem represents Israel. You know, Israel means the timing of God. They miss the timing of the Messiah. You know, they were expecting the Messiah. The question was not whether Messiah was going to come or not. Now, the Jews always knew there was a Messiah coming. They knew someone, the Messiah was coming to rescue. Messiah was coming, God was going to send. They had prophecies from Isaiah. The problem wasn't lack of prophecy. They knew, they knew he was coming unto us. A son is, a child is born unto us. A son is giving. The government was going to be on his shoulder. That was prophesied thousands of years ago. They knew he was coming. They were expecting him. They knew, they, they knew he was coming, but they missed the time. They miss the time. They miss the season. I pray you will not miss your season. In the mighty name of Jesus. So God expects us to have what is called attentiveness. To be attentive. And God also, you know, we're also able to recognize it because of prophecy. One of the powerful gifts of prophecy is to really give us the timing of God. To announce God's intent. To announce this is the season. So it's good to have some legit prophet in your life. I mean, who God can give them a perception of what he's about to do in your life. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So it is good. In First Chronicles chapter 14 verse 2. No, not First Chronicles. Sorry about that. I'm going to... First, second, first Chronicle 12, sorry, it's First Chronicle 12, 32. The Bible talks about, you know, children of Isaacar, for example. From Isaacar, men who understood time, this is a tribe in Israel, and knew what Israel should do. First Chronicle 12, 32. Isaacar, men who understood the times. And knew what Israel should do. We, you know, we need men of Issachar in our days. And every one of us need men of Issachar in your life. You know, credible men who can really say, maybe this is the time. Just like my own story. Someone that was able to say, maybe this is the time. Maybe you have to be looking at this. Maybe this is the time. Maybe it's over for you in this place. You need to move to the next level level. Maybe instead of trying to hold on to this friendship or this relationship, maybe it's over. Maybe it's time to move on. Instead of crying over a spilled milk, maybe it's time to move on. Maybe it's time to withdraw. Maybe it's time to do this. Sometimes, you know, we're not able to do everything on our own, and that's why God has put credible people in our life to give us a sense of timing. Now, I'm going to talk about why many people miss their season why many people because many people do miss their season 
unfortunately. Number one reason is spiritual blindness. A lot of people are spiritually blind. They might be naturally smart, naturally wide open, vision 2020 in, in the natural, but vision zero zero in the spiritual. <laughs> so you have to really, you know, you know, pray for, you know, that God will open your spiritual eyes. A lot of people are so spiritually blind that they miss spiritual cues. Even when God is giving them cues. You know, there are times God gives you cue to pray. He wakes you up in the middle of the night. You try to sleep, you can't. And you just go to your fridge. And get yourself some oatmeal and turn on the TV and while away the time. And for hours you are not able to sleep and you fall asleep on the couch. And everybody in the house wakes up and they see you on the couch sleeping. And you just say, you know, I just couldn't sleep at night. Did you ask why were you that restless? Why? I remember years ago I was traveling with a friend of mine. He was driving. I was in the you know, front seat. I just felt restlessness in my spirit. And I started to pray in the spirit. Started to pray in the spirit. Prayed to pray in the spirit. Few minutes later, there was an accident. We got into an accident. Few minutes later, got into an accident. And the Lord, you know, rescued us. Praise the name of Jesus. Many years ago, I had the same experience. I was praying with another friend. You know, we'll just meet together to pray. And, you know, I don't know whether him or one of us just got a sense we should pray for our other friend. Just, you know, now we didn't even know what to pray for or him for. And we just started to pray. We just said, Lord, we just pray for him. Holy Spirit, just help us to pray. We just pray in the Spirit. We just pray in the Spirit for an extended period of time. And this is many years ago where, you know, no phone, nothing. I mean, no cell phone. We just have to wait until, you know, he was in school in another place. We were in school in another place. We just have to wait until during the holiday and we just gather together. And he started, this is true life story. And he started to tell us the story of how he was supposed to get into a bus. There was a major accident that happened in his school where, you know, the, the, you know, the transportation, people got into the bus, the bus caught fire, people died. Now, he missed that bus the same day we prayed. That was later, the same day we prayed. You know, he was just, you know, he thought it was being silly and he just was, you know, was talking before he knew it, the bus left. He missed the bus and he missed a major accident. So sometimes we should be, a lot of the time we should be sensitive. We need that. We need to be able to, you know, see the cue of the Holy Spirit. He's giving us cue. And we just have to be sensitive instead of being spiritually blind. Some of us miss the cue because of rebellion. There's a spirit of rebellion. I think Ephesians chapter 2 talks about the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. That spirit is at work now. There are some people who are just rebellious. They just want to, you know, they just want to go against the grain. You know, 
when people are telling you, no, this is time to study, that's when they don't want to study because there's a spirit of rebellion. You're young, you're supposed to study, you're supposed to work hard. You're like, no, I don't want to do that. That's not what I want to do. That's not my calling in life. You, you don't even know your calling. You're talking about calling. What do you know about calling? When people say that, see them, that, what do you know about calling? What do you know about purpose? What do you know about all those things? Can you even define them? They can. What is going on is the spirit of rebellion. May the Lord deliver you from the spirit of rebellion. Rebellion is dangerous. Rebellion gets you into trouble. Rebellion gets you to miss the cue, gets you out of whack. Things happen that are not supposed to happen into your life. When things don't fall in place, life becomes more difficult when we miss the cue. Some people have what is called self-imposed calendar that are not in line with the will of God. Sometimes people have some self-imposed calendar. I want to do this by this. And you want to do it whether God likes it or not. All right? And you can go to any length to do it. You know, that, those kind of attitude gets us to miss the timing of God. And that's why the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes rich without adding any sorrow. You see, when things happen when they are supposed to happen, they don't bring sorrow. When we force them to happen, they bring a lot of sorrow. Look at uh, Jacob. Jacob was one guy with a promise. He had a promise of God. The Bible said before he was born, God already prophesied that he was going to be great. That the second born will be, will be the first, right? He was going to get the blessing no matter what. Somehow, maybe the mom told him that this is the prophecy we got from the Lord, you know, and, he, and the prophecy got on his head, and he started plotting how he was going to activate the prophecy. You know, some people just say, oh, this is God's prophecy for me to be rich. Can I have some money right there? I prophesy over that your wallet that is mine. And you think you have to swindle your way to be rich because there's a prophecy over my life to be rich. No, 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 no. That's, you know, that's, so people do stupid things like that. You know, so Jacob was like that. He just needed to, I mean, I am supposed to get the bath right. So he had to plot to get the bath right with the mother. They had to plot. They have to do all this manipulation to swindle the brother to get the blessing that he was going to get regardless. Right? And that began a very hard life. Oh, life of Jacob was hard. He ran away. He had to run away. He had to go to his brother. You know, I mean, his uncle. You know, they cheated him there. He spent 20 years to get any things he was supposed to get less year for. And he left. He got the wife. He lost the wife. You know, things. One thing after the other. Then face to face, he has to face the same brother. And they told him, your brother is coming for you. And he started to plot again. How do I do this, you know? This is my second wife. I don't like her very much. I'm going to put her in front. <laughs> and I'm going to put her children behind her. And I'm going to put the second wife. And I'm going to be the last. By the time he kills everybody, he'll probably be tired before he gets to me. That was a very corny man. And some people are just as corny as Jacob. And you know yourself, you're as corny as jo Jacob. 
But you know how God deals with people like that? God brings them to a place when they can no longer go on. And I'm glad that Jacob recognized that I can't do this anymore. Let me just give up. And the Bible says, he even fought with an angel. <laughs> he fought and won. He fought. He fought because he's such a stubborn guy. And then the angel really, really had to dislocate his thigh. And he began to limp. He got out of that fight and overnight prayer meeting. Spiritual warfare overnight. He got out of spiritual warfare and he was limping. Now he can't run, right? And you have your brother that is waiting for you. What are you going to do at that point? You're going to say, Yarama. Right? He just said, God, I'm here. And he, at that point, the Lord changed his name, right? Call him Israel, change his life. And the Lord touched his brother. By the time he came face to face with his brother, his heart has melted. And things changed for him. Jacob became Israel because he now surrendered to God. He now said, God, is your timing. Whenever, whatever you want to do, do it. Whatever you want to do, do it. I, am, I surrender your life. We need to get to that place because in some ways, we are all like Jacob. We are all like Jacob. Very difficult for us to surrender to the timing of God, to the will of God. We're always, we all have one area of our life when we are struggling with God. You know, when we're not able to give him his, his, you know, his timing. When we just have challenge with how he works. God, can't you just listen? Can't you just do things the way I want sometimes? We all need to really, really come to a place when we say, God, have your way. Praise the name of Jesus. Self-imposed calendar can be a serious problem. You know, it blocks us from responding to God. Sometimes some people miss God's cue or spiritual timing because they, they just want to move with the crowd. You have to be very careful and not move with the crowd. You see, there is a personalized calendar for your life. All right? There's a personalized calendar. Your season of life might be different. Now, one thing I'm going to say last is, God, we have the natural calendar, we have the spiritual calendar, spiritual season, and they don't always work together. Now, it's good to honor natural calendar. You know, it, it, will, be, it, will, be, it will be foolish to disagree with it. But one of the job of the enemy is to mess up our natural calendar. And there are people who are probably listening to me, your natural calendar has been messed up. You know, there are things that were supposed to happen for you in some season that never happened. You've skipped. You know, maybe it's because of your error. Maybe it's because of your mistake. Somehow the enemy got you, tricked you to steal something from you in a season of life. Maybe marriage, maybe job, maybe investment, maybe, you know, things that you were supposed to do. Maybe ministry, you've missed your cue. There's one thing about God. He can override that. God has an ability to be able to really, really override that. That is what is called redemption. That's what is called redemption. I'm going to end up by just talking about that. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 talks about walking circumspectly, not as fool, but as wise. Verse 16 says, redeeming the time because days are evil. Colossians chapter 4 verse 5 
also talks about redeeming the time. You see, the God we serve can redeem time. Hallelujah. Joel chapter 2 verse 25 says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts has eaten, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, and the chewing locusts, my great army, I will send among you. The good news is we serve a God who can restore. And I have a feeling this morning the Lord wants to bring restoration to some people. You've lost time. You've lost years. You've missed the queue. You are now in a jam. You're like the prodigal son. Miss his queue, right? God inheritance and walk away before time. That was going to happen regardless. That was going to happen. The father was going to leave him the stuff. But thank God, the prodigal son at some point says, I think it's time to go back home. I can go back to my father. He's a loving father. He has the power. And you know, the father restored. The father didn't even ask him for anything. He, he went back to the father and said, you know, let me be a slave. Let me be a servant. I'm no longer worthy to be a son. I've messed up so much. I've missed the queue. I've squandered everything. I don't even deserve anything. And the Lord said, no, no, no. The father said, that's not the point. I'm just glad you are back. And I think I need to say that to somebody. God is glad you are back. You just need to be back. Just need to say, Lord, I'm back. I'm ready to surrender everything to you. I'm ready for restoration. That's what is called repentance. Repentance is when we miss the cue. You know, you know, sin is missing the mark. Sin is not always about doing crazy stuff. It's missing the mark. It's not listening. It's rebellion. It's missing the cue. It's just, you know, not flowing, following along. Sometimes we miss it because of ignorance. Sometimes we miss it because of blindness. Sometimes rebellion. Sometimes youthful exuberant causes us, causes us to miss the mark. Sometimes we have self-imposed calendars that have messed up our, 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 our seasons of life. But we can come back and surrender to God in repentance. We can always come back to him and say, Father, I repent. I am sorry. And I'm asking for restoration. I'd like us to bow down our heads. And I want to really, really pray for some people. If you're in that category and you want to say, God, I am back. I am, I repent. I want you to go before the Lord because this is about you and God. I want you to go before him and say, Lord, I, I am so sorry I missed my cue. I am so sorry. I repent. I come back. And, I'm, and I surrender myself to your calendar. <laughs> because I know you can restore. You can restore even years. Years that the enemy has taken away from me. You can restore it. You can accelerate things. You can restore double in the mighty name. I want you to just go before the Lord and just express that to him and just, just, just have him do it. Thank you, Father. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray. I'm praying that you, you will just descend upon this place. You will visit that brother or sister that is watching on the screen. I'm praying in the name of Jesus, you will release yourself. You will release your restoring power. You will begin to restore opportunities missed in the past. 
and pray in the name of Jesus. I come against every thief of time. Enemy, you are the thief of time. You've stolen time. You've stolen blessing. You've stolen prosperity. You've stolen income. Shall be restored. The Bible says it will be restored double. I'm praying for double restoration for everyone here repenting, crying out to you, saying, I'm back. Saying, Father, restore. I ask in the name of Jesus, there will be a restoring power this season. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Some of you might have, the enemy has stolen your ministry away from you because you've made mistakes in the past. You've made error and he, each time you want to start, each time you want to do something, he reminds you of what you have done. He reminds you, yes, no more, no more, no more. God is a restorer. He's restoring you back and he's giving you your years back in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Can we put our hands together and give?